Thanks for tuning in to What is the Point? This podcast is tailored for those navigating their 20s and 30s who want to end up somewhere on purpose. We promise to keep the conversation real and honest as we ask ourselves this question. What's the point in all the different facets of our life? It's our desire that you would gain practical handles to these deeper questions we ask ourselves every single day. So with that being said, let's hop into this week's episode of What is the Point? Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of What is the Point? Today, we are with Jordan Deese. He just wrapped up a message here, and uh, we're so excited to have you, man. I know we're missing uh, the John March today, yeah. but I know you're going to kind of fill his shoes for yeah. everybody. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm bummed that John isn't here, but I'm actually way happier that it's just you, Bryce. Right. It's a lot more fun a, this way. A lot less stressful. You know, John's not breathing down our backs. Yeah, seriously. Gosh. Boss, man. I know. I love it. Well, dude, uh, the, the Chiefs. Uh, Super Bowl was this past weekend. Oh my gosh! You're a Chiefs fan. Right? I I am a Chiefs fan. The third quarter, my head was in my hands. I was in utter despair. Uh, the fourth quarter was one of the greatest moments of my life. Was that not crazy? It was the craziest thing. I was jumping up and down, screaming. Uh, my wife, Chris, got <laughs> mad at me. She said we were gonna get a noise complaint. It was every emotion that you could feel in the span of two hours. I felt it so. It was incredible. Honestly, like it was like ten seconds left in the fourth quarter, and I, you know, I was with like fifteen other people, dead quiet. No. Three minutes later, yeah, because it, it's, it's ten minutes left in the fourth, oh, yeah, and yeah, we're yeah, losing. Yeah. You know, yeah, the Chiefs, yeah, yeah. if you're a Chiefs fan, yeah. and then and then literally two minutes later, we're screaming Absolutely. at the top of our lungs, running around as fast as we can. I mean, it came down to the wire. They were chasing it to the last second, yes. weren't they? Yes, I was so. Oh my gosh, like Tuesday night tonight was great. But Sunday night was my favorite night of the week. It was my second favorite. Fair. But That's Sunday fair night for this was week. My favorite. Yes, yeah. on Super Bowl weekend. I know a thing you talked about tonight mm-hmm. is this idea that young adults chase these things in life, whether yeah. they're emotions, they're people, they're yeah. ideas, um, and, and because, well, you really, you said that we don't chase them. We get tagged with, the th- with yep. these things. And because yep. we get tagged, then we chase yep. them. And so I kind of want you to go a little bit in depth there and kind of explain that for some people who maybe didn't hear the message tonight yeah. of what, what do you mean by that? Yeah, absolutely. So I believe that there's um, things in our life that kind of just grab our attention, right? They, they pull at our heartstrings. So whether it's um, like dating relationships or whether it's like friendship relationships or whether it's like uh calling career job opportunities all that stuff it kind of pulls at our heartstrings so that's what I would consider kind of to be a a tag on our lives and so our only response to a tag is to chase after that thing so that's why so many people uh, say things like follow your dreams or follow your passions or something like that what they really mean is that they have caught something Mm. and then their only response the only way that they know how to live that out is to chase after it so for uh, us in terms of, of living our lives as young adults I would say that that um, whatever kind of fuels you, what kind of brings you passion, what kind of brings you energy, or whether that's people around you or whether that's a career opportunity, whatever that is, it's something that moves your heart and then you're able to run after that with everything that you've got. It's almost like you can only see with blinders. You don't see anything else, but you see and you chase after that one thing. Mm, That's good. Yeah, and it's it's, uh, this idea even that you know, when when we get good at something or we get tagged by something and we right. start doing that more, well, we become more passionate about it. And that kind of fuels us to want yep. us to chase it even more yep. and yep. even faster. And and so these 
what would you say to a young adult who is chasing these things right now? Because you talked about, I mean, in First Samuel, how David was chasing something very different right. than what I could say probably most young adults are chasing right now. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I mean, and this goes both ways, right? So you can chase after things that are good, but you can also be tagged with things that ultimately when you chase after them and you like pull the string enough, you ultimately find out that they're bad. So, mm. uh, it just, it, it all depends on kind of where your, um, where your heart is focused on when your heart is focused on things that are, are good, that are uh, pure, that are like good for you, the good for the people around you. You're ultimately, you're uh, have to basically chase after the things that ultimately you're going to fulfill that. But if, if you kind of take a different direction in your life and you think that, Hey, maybe, uh, I can get away with this or, uh, I, I kind of feel this. I want to be able to chase this out and figure out what it is, whether it's like uh, some type of like uh, sin or um, like hurting other, like uh, accidentally hurting other people. And you kind of just got to chase it out. You got to be able to figure out and manage that tension in your life because it, it can ruin you or it can drive you to new heights. There's two different things that it can kind of do to you. Mm. So even when you're following after great things, it's how you pursue after it. It's how you chase after it that will ultimately depend or that ultimately will will speak to how your heart is and where it's pointed and directed in. Mm, so you're saying it's not necessarily what you're chasing, but how you're chasing? Right. It's it's every it's more about the chase. I believe that God wants to do more in the chase than he wants to do in the thing that you're chasing. I think that there are formative times when we chase after things. So put it in the context of my relationship with my wife. God has taught me more about uh about marriage and pursuit of a good marriage. He's taught me more about myself and how I'm wired and how I have a selfish lean and how I can kind of um, fix the things in my heart that um, that he doesn't want there. And it's not because um, I'm like the world's greatest husband or we have the world's greatest marriage, but it's the journey that ultimately smooths out those things that's within us. So it's, it's all in your attitude of how you're chasing after things that will determine kind of how far God will allow you to chase something. Hmm, that's good. I like that. Uh, with this idea of chasing, you talked about chasing potential. Yeah. Um, and that's something that a lot of young adults, even I, I relate to that. Like I found myself chasing, okay, who can I become? And that often right. leaves me like comparing to other people yep. in my life. And so um, when was a time that you chased something one, I want to go, when was the time that you chased something and, and it made you feel disqualified? Right. And then what would you say to young adults who feel that way? Yeah. So, uh, so I, I talked about the story I talked about tonight is I went to, um, Evangel University coming in as an incoming freshman, did some interviews for, uh, some scholarship opportunities. And at the time, what I wanted to do was I was actually trying to become uh, like a teacher. So I, I didn't have mm. ministry in my mind whatsoever. I was actually trying to run as far away from ministry as I could. I wanted to be a teacher and a coach. And so that was something that I was kind of chasing after. But remember when I said it kind of, when things tug at your heartstrings, nothing tugged at my heartstrings more than being able to give people a sense of purpose and meaning and direction in their life. And while teachers do that at an incredible level, I just didn't feel like that was something that was for me. What I felt like that God was calling me to do was be doing that in the ministry context. So right. what I had to do is I kind of had to shift directions, even um, like mid course and figure out like, okay, why am I chasing after this thing? I'm chasing after this thing because uh, of like certain pain and hurt that was inside of me that I hadn't dealt with. And really what God was trying to do in me was, Hey, like 
that that's something that I never called you to do. You're chasing after that thing on your own. How about you refocus your direction, reshift your perspective, and run after something that I've actually called you to do? Because that's what you were made, designed, purposed, um, given the abilities to do. So how did you make that shift? Like, what did yeah. that look like? So f- for me, it was, I mean, it was a ton of just, pra- I mean, really, it, I, it's like looking under the hood of your life. Yeah. It's like seeing, okay, why did God put the drive in me to run after certain things here? So what energized me about teaching? Well, what energized me about teaching was a pain that had occurred to me when I was in high school. I wanted to be a basketball coach. So to be a basketball coach, you need to be a teacher. And I wanted to be a basketball coach because I had a coach that just wasn't that great um, to me, treated me and my teammates horribly. And my focus, my frame of mind was I don't want that to happen to any other student again. And while that is a, like, it's a worthy goal and it's something to chase after, I had to recognize that I was making a decision out of pain. I wasn't making a decision out of purpose. And what Mm. God had actually purposed me to do was to provide um, places to for others to pursue their purpose and it was a shift from a perspective of I'm doing this out of pain to I need to actually do what I was designed to do my my dad was a pastor I didn't want to be in ministry whatsoever but the more that I uh, prayed through it the more that I looked at my own life I looked under the hood of what made me tick what I was good at my natural skill sets and abilities it all led me back to this is what God's called you to do. It's ministry. It's helping other people find and pursue their own purpose in life because what you're doing is making an impact far beyond than what you could do coaching a basketball team. As yeah. good as that would be, it's, right. it's just a different type of calling. That's so good. Like God doesn't call us to a position or a title. He calls us to our purpose. Right, right. And, and what's so unique about your story is that you know, you first thought you wanted to be a teacher in the public school system yep. or maybe in mm-hmm. college or, or wherever. Um, and, and there was a reason you, you wanted to do that based on your experiences and things you'd went through, yep. you know, being younger, you wanted to give back, you wanted to help like lead people and develop them. Right. And, and what's unique is, is though he didn't call you to be a teacher in that setting. I mean, that's what you're doing now. Right. You're teaching people, yep. you know, in, in this setting, uh, you know, helping people grow in their faith and teaching them about, you know, God's will for their life and, yeah. and all it's just your it just looks different yep. than what you thought yep. and you had to like be open enough or humble enough or like let him in enough to really break you down yeah and and that's it's sometimes the hardest part is being I mean some talk about how it's hard to be vulnerable with other people and really it's really really hard to be vulnerable with yourself yeah and start to look inward and say okay why why am I wired the way that I'm wired? What has kind of shaped me in my life? Um, because there are things that are a part of your story that ultimately need to be uh, kind of like removed and weeded out for God to accomplish certain things in you. And even though it's painful and it's like more like a surgery procedure than it is <laughs> right. just... It like, feels like that. Right. It's, it's, it's more along that lines. And you have to be able to take the things out to be able for God to be able to fill those holes and those spaces in your life with what he ultimately wants to do through you. And that's why the, the thing of um, we look at ourselves and we see things that disqualify us is so important yep. because what we look at and we see as holes in our lives, God's actually saying, no, that's not a hole. 
what that is, is that is the opportunity for you to share your story with other people and make an impact on them. It's not something that was a mistake. It's not something that you need to be ashamed about. It's something that I want to use for a purpose, and it is to use to for you to speak about me to other people and what I've been doing and what I've done in you in order to reach and impact more people than I could have ever imagined. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it's moving from chasing your potential to chasing the the purpose that he sees in you yep. and so you know you how like how do you practically like what are ways you can practically do that like to get yep. his perspective yeah so um i believe god has not only kind of uh like designed us and our emotions but he's also designed us our skill set our passions our abilities so when pursuing after um, a purpose, let's say, or a life mission or a calling, you first have to look at, okay, how has God actually designed me? Because that plays a role into it. God, like, God didn't uh, look at me and say, I, I see a doctor there. You know why? Because naturally, if I looked at anything surgical, if I looked at anything in the medical field, like, I, I can't do it. I get lightheaded. I get woozy. <laughs> like, he's not going to call me to do something that physically I'm just not gifted or able to do yeah so first it starts with looking okay how has god wired me what is my personality like what if what are my natural gift sets Mm. and abilities and then how can i use those to glorify god and impact other people and so a lot of times it's not necessarily like you said earlier it's not necessarily a role but it's a it's a purpose and a calling my my role over the next 40 years of my life is going to change and look different in every single season. But what's not going to change is that God has called me to impact others through the local church. That'll, that'll always remain the same. I'm always going to be in and around and involved in the local church, helping to impact others because it's not the position that, that matters to me. It's not the position that I'm called to. It's ultimately a purpose and it's why I do what I do is to be able to chase after that, those things. Yeah. And, and the, the, the per, yeah, the purpose of wanting to, um, develop people wanting to like spread the local church yep. that that can stay the same whether you're in vocational ministry right. or whether you're working at a hospital 100 percent right and i, I just think, can't i just can't do it that yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, i get that <laughs> but i think a lot of people you know are in this mindset that sometimes to live my purpose i have to go overseas and, and be a missionary i have right. to work in the church or, or all these things even if like their mission is to serve God and to love people. Uh, it's like this mind trap that we can't get beyond. Like we can't, we can't do that outside of the right. church setting. Right. And I think a lot of times it just because it, it's because we look at other people around us. Like we naturally will always look at people that we admire, that we look up to, that we want to be like. Mm-hmm. And so when we are able to dive in and hear the stories of kind of like our heroes, the people that we look up to, we naturally want to emulate the life that they lived. We want to go to the same college that they attended. Yeah, you you mentioned copy and paste right, their li- right. life into ours. Yeah, we want to go to the same college. We want to do the same things. We want to follow the same career path because we believe that if we can take enough of what they've been designed to do and put it into our story, maybe, just maybe, God can form it and weave it into me. And it takes uh, a lot of humility and it takes a lot of discipline and it takes... I mean, just a lot of just like a, a heart to do what God has called me to do, to stay in your lane and not worry about how other people are more gifted or more clear, can speak better, can do better, they're funnier, 
all of it. Like I deal with all of that on a regular basis is why can't I be as funny as Bryce or oh, why can't, John. Why can't, yeah. why can't I be as good looking as John? There you like, go. Why, why can't I tell stories and make sense of things in a clear and concise way? Like, I don't like, feel that way at like all. The people, <laughs> like the people no. around me, why can't I do that? No, I, yeah. And ultimately it's like, okay, what has God called me to do? God's called me to be able to speak purpose into people's lives. And if I have the ability to do that, I'm always going to be honing my skills. I'm always going to be sharpening them. I'm always going to be wanting to have the drive to get as as good as I can get to do the things that God has called me to do. But ultimately, it involves me sharpening my own saw and not looking to try to use other people's tools and try to putting them in my tool belt. Right. Because by doing that, I get a hammer that I don't know how to use. I know how to use a saw. I know how to use a saw really well. If I can sharpen my saw, it'll be more effective. But if I take somebody else's hammer and I don't necessarily know how to use it the way that they do, it's not going to be as effective. So mm-hmm. why do something like that in my life where I can be effective with what God's given me or I can be ineffective with what God gave other people that I'm trying to copy and paste in my you own You bet, life? yeah. And that kind of leads right into the next thing that I'm thinking is, you know, what you talked about in your message how the things that we see, you know, the, we see these things in our lives that disqualify us, right? Yep. We're comparing, we're like, we're not good enough. I'm never going to be that. Like, I have this about me that will never allow me to communicate this well, yeah. whatever it may be. But you, you said that God sees those things as the things that uniquely qualify yep, you. Yep, 100%. And, and I just thought that was so, so like profound. And I think a great way, um, you know, as we're kind of talking about using the tools in your toolbox, mm-hmm. a great way to know what your tools are. If you're like sitting there thinking, man, I, I think I'm good at a couple things, right. but I'm not like 100 percent sure. Yeah. I mean, we've all probably felt that way. I think a great thing to do is to go to people that are yes. that you trust that are yes. in your circle and like ask them. Like what? What is it about me that you feel like I thrive in? Right. Or, or you know, what skills do you think that like I bring to the table in this organization or, or right. to this relationship? And I think that can give a lot of insight. Or even you know, looking beyond like the position that we're talking about and really finding what's the purpose under that position because yep. God can work a purpose in any position. Hundred percent. Right. And so um, it's looking. Okay, in the past, what are things that I've done mm-hmm. that I'm excited about? That yeah. I feel like when I'm in, I'm doing what I'm uniquely created to do. Yes. And, and and you're not looking at the position. You're looking underneath the hood right. of what is driving the excitement here. What is driving the clarity here? What is driving the f- sense of meaning yes. I have here? Uh-huh. And I think that's so, so good. Um, and so just maybe taking some time to stop and reflect yep. on your life and asking other people can help you give that, yep. that purpose. 100%. It it's, having, it's having a group of friends that not only uh, kind of bring you energy but bring you life but are willing to tell you kind of the hard things or tell you the things that you are good at and the things that you aren't good at. Right. Because (laughs) ultimately we will only go as far as the people that are around us and how far that, um, we let them speak into our lives because if we don't allow other people to speak into our lives, we're like screaming into a cave. Sure. Almost like it's, it's like, it's just us and we think it's us against the world. But in reality, if you have people around you that can help you see those things, like you said, you'll ultimately go farther in life and you'll ultimately be more happy, be more fulfilled than if you try to go at it, al- go at it alone because you don't see your own weaknesses like other people do. Mm-hmm. Is there a time where, where like someone did that for you that you can remember? And it doesn't have to be recent. It can be. Yeah. I mean, I can actually think, uh, I, I probably think of the more painful times than actually the-, the Which are the most helpful right. sometimes. Yeah. So I can remember a time uh, as a junior in college I remember uh, laying on my bed in my dorm room and I'm praying to God. I I think I I have tears in my eyes 
and I'm saying, God, I just don't think I have the close friendships around me that I should. I, I'm, I'm looking at him and I'm almost blaming God for that. And God spoke to me that night and he said, you're just not, you're just not being vulnerable enough with the people around you. You're not allowing them into your life. So what happens is when you don't allow people into your life, people are like, they can they find don't, other they avenues. Don't know yeah. Yeah. They don't know anything's going on with me. And so, uh, like glory to God, I was able to two, two years later, two and a half years later after that night, I, I told the story at my bachelor party the night before I got married. And I said, uh, two and a half years ago, I was laying in my dorm room and like in tears that I just didn't have close friendships around me. Yeah. And I said that night I was looking around and I said, I thank God for each and every single one of you wow. because you have made me, you're not only an answer to prayer, but you've also made me into the man I am, into the man I'm becoming. You have profoundly shaped my life. And so there, there are people that are in my life that I will always, always go to. Uh, right, right after we get out of here, I'm sure I'll go to Dom and say, uh, like real thoughts. Where was I good at? Where was I not? I, I can see some stuff in my mind, but I know that somebody else's perspective is so much more valuable to me. Yeah. And it'll help me go farther because I have friends around me that are, they're not yes men. They're not going to say like, Oh, good job, whatever. They're going to say, okay, here's what we can do. Here's what we can improve. And here's how we can go get it in a better way. I love that. Yeah. It's like having the friends that will, you know, that will, <laughs> you got a fly on your head and they're like, Hey dude, right. you got a fly on your head. Like get it off. Right. You can't see or it. your flies down or, or <laughs> your flies down even worse. Right. And you can't see it. And, right. and no one, you know, the, the yes people aren't going to tell you that because they don't want to offend you. I, I, I know like this relates to me, like this idea of being vulnerable because that's something I struggled with. Yeah, uh, and, and, and like I wanted close friendships and I was in a season where I didn't have that as well. Cause I was chasing other things. Right. Um, and so I didn't have those people to call me out or to kind of realign me. And I remember one time I, I started to develop some of these friendships. Yeah. And I was always the one like, be vulnerable with me. Like <laughs> I'm asking the questions, right? Yeah. And I'm like inquiring about their life. And, you know, I'm like, oh, they must feel so loved by me because yeah. I'm asking all these questions. And then I had one really good friend said, dude, like I, I actually feel further away from you in these conversations because wow. I just feel like they're one-sided and I don't know anything about you. Wow. So how can I like be there for you? Yeah. How can I call you out on anything? How can I like help you be the person that God designed you to be when yeah. you're not letting me in on anything. And that was just life changing for me. That's great. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I've, I've got to start letting people in even as much as it hurts. Yeah. And I know there's people out there that probably feel that way. They're like, man, I have so many things going on right now. Yep. I, I, one, I don't know where to start to tell someone. And if I told someone they might think I'm crazy or they might not love me as much as I do. And I would just say, find a person in your life that you trust and start small. Right. It doesn't have to be everything at once, but I'm telling you, start small and see like not only the feedback that you get, right. but like how you grow in the relationship with that person right. because you're being vulnerable. Right, and here's why that's so important is that uh, potential can be seen from the outside. Like people can see your potential or get a glimpse of your potential from the outside, but when you when it comes to purpose, purpose has to be mined from the inside. Mm, so that's your hit. friends are the ones that can are not only them going into your life, but kind of forcing you to look at yourself and to look deep within you to recognize what has what have I been placed on this earth to do? And as they begin to 
go farther in and as they begin to bring out vulnerability it's almost like vulnerability is a shovel that's constantly digging into your purpose and eventually with enough vulnerability with enough of the right people around you and enough of the like the natural giftings that God has placed in your life as you start to discover those you're going to get to your purpose yep. it's 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 just naturally going to come out of you because that's how God designed us to be mm. Yeah, there's all and there's all, almost like a patience to, like if you're doing those things, like yes. knowing that God's purpose will be revealed. Right. Um. And it and it and we may want it to come a lot sooner, and we w- may want it to look a lot different than it is. Yeah. But if we keep pressing into that, it'll chisel away until it's the the person we're we're yep. supposed 100%. to become. That's good. So, uh, you know, <laughs> you talk about um in your message this idea of like, well, you pose the question to everyone. You said what do you want to be remembered by? Yep. And I thought that was a really bold question yeah. um, and a deep question. Right. And so what what did you mean by that when you asked that question? And then what is your answer to that question? Yeah, so, I mean, it's one of the like the habits of highly effective people. It's begin with the end in mind. So um, I want to be a person that walks into not only just like every, like look at my life as a whole, but I want to walk into every season of my life and say, when I leave this place or when people talk about me, what do I want them to be able to say about me? Whether it's at my funeral or whether it's at when I'm, when I'm leaving. So, uh, for example, we have, uh, at our office, uh, the place I work at the church multiplication network, every time somebody leaves that we, it's, it's the most awkward thing in the world. Trust me. But the person that's leaving has to go around and say something nice about, about each person. Like that it's works a culture there. thing, right? It's a culture like thing. You, you have to be able to say something that you most admired in that person or like a word that describes them. We've done that a few times. So it's awkward for the person that has to go around and say that to everybody. Oh yeah. But for me, it's a helpful like indicator of how am I like not only just getting work done, anybody can just get work done. There's a lot of great employees that can get stuff done, but how am I actually interacting with the people around me? Am I actually making an impact in the place where I spend most of my life is yep. at, at work. So because if they come around saying not something that if, you they're, know, if they're like stuttering, if they're like, are they trying to like, uh, fa- you right. know, fake it almost? He's yeah. nice, right? Yeah. <laughs> Great smile. <Good> spell <laughs> so if it's so when every time they say a word, I I kind of think of my relationship with that person and can I see that in me? And if it's something that I see in me and it's something that was put there. Uh, like on a, on purpose by me, if I can see the intentionality behind that, like if somebody called me loyal or whatever, if they said the word for me was loyal and then they gave this story about whatever and I can see and say that was something that I was intentionally trying to put into this, then for me, that's 100% a win. Yeah. And so it's one of those things where I have to be, uh, it, it makes you be conscious of how you're treating the people around you and it also uh, allows you to kind of set yourself up for how you want people to look at you, how you want people to remember you, because that will drive how you interact with everybody. It'll drive your purpose when you begin with the end in mind and allow that to shape how you want to uh, bring everything back to the step that I'm taking right now. Yeah, and I think those things that those people are saying when they're genuine and, and they're true, I mean, those are the things that are inside of you. Yep. And they're just bringing those out. They're just chiseling away because a lot of a lot of times, you know, someone will tell us a compliment or they'll say, man, I, Jordan, I like, like, 
one thing I admire about you is your discipline. Right. And you're sitting over there like, I have the worst discipline in the whole entire world. <laughs> right, right, right. Or like, uh, you know, John, I love the way that you serve other people and put them first. Right. And that's the thing that he's thinking he does the worst. Yep. Right? And so it's changing that narrative of your perspective and what you think and allowing other people to come in and yep. like speak that over you and pull it out of you. And yep. then you doing that for other people, um, it, it makes you more aware of, okay, like, how how are people remembering me? How am right. I coming out of this? Like going into this interaction or coming out of this interaction, how do yep. I want to be remembered? And I think that's a question we don't have to just ask once and say, how do I want to be remembered when I'm 80 and right. I'm passing away? But we can ask that every single day. Every day. How do I want to be remembered today? How do I want to be remembered by my wife today? How do I want to be remembered by the kids that I serve at church today? How do? Right. And I think that just could be a game changer and help speak those things into existence that God has already placed inside of you. Yeah, and I think one thing that I'm currently learning in my life right now is that it, it's not necessarily always a compliment. It, it actually speaks to your lack of vulnerability. Uh, we talked about vulnerability, vulnerability earlier. Right. When you, you've asked that question of somebody else and they say, ah, great leader. Like, ah, he's disciplined or he speaks really well. That, all those things are great. But ultimately, if I'm known for at the end of my life or I'm at the end of my season, if I was just known as somebody who had the ability to do a thing, then I, I don't think I've helped there. Mm-hmm. What I want to do is be able to say, if I ask that question to somebody, like, what's, what's, a, what's my best quality? Or if somebody has, would be to say something nice about me, I want them to be able to say, there's something that he, instead of just saying he's a good speaker, there's something that he said that connected with me. And that thing that he said that connected with me drew something out of me that I had no idea that was, there. was inside of that's me. That's good. And so when you can hear stories like that, that's when you know, okay, I'm making an impact. Yep. And until you're hearing those type of stories, you better keep digging. You, you better keep <laughs> digging because you're not being vulnerable enough. You're not getting into other people's lives enough and into their hard moments, being with them, being with the people. Because uh, if they're saying things like, ah, just a great dude, then... I feel like that's a that's a loss on my end for how, how I want to live my life, how I want to lead people, anything like that. What's the last thing? I mean, there's been a ton of good stuff. What's the last thing that you want to leave young adults with tonight who are listening? Yeah, uh, I, I think I kind of touched on it earlier, but so many of us kind of approach this idea of a tag or a calling or a purpose or a mission, however you phrase it, with the sense of I don't feel like I'm either qualified enough for or I don't feel like I have what it takes that if God called me to do something that I could actually do it. And so uh, for me and my my own journey of walking that out, it really did start with me examining who I am and who God ultimately wants to shape me into. Mm -hmm. And it started with like, okay, if God has called me to lead people, how do I lead people? It started from, uh, I had no idea that I wanted to anything to do with like leading people at all. I was 16 years old. I can remember in a basketball practice, I was a sophomore in high school. We were like playing against our varsity team and I would like, we were just scrimmaging and we were actually beating them. And I was kind of like leading the charge on it. Not, not like intentionally, just, just how I was living my life. I was playing ball, right? right? And so after that practice, our coach said, oh, sat all of us down. And he said, if 
our seniors don't start leading this team, Deese is going to start leading <laughs> you guys. He's the oh. best leader we have. And I never, wow. th- I never, I never even thought of myself like that. So what it was was it was somebody calling something out of me that I didn't see in myself. That's, yeah. So when I discovered that, it's okay. I see that I'm, I have the ability to lead other people. Okay. And then I walk farther along in my life and I see that like I have a, I have a call on my life. I love like the local church. I love ministry. I love that stuff. I live, breathe and die for it. But I kind of wanted to do my own thing. When God brings me back into it, he gives me an opportunity to see things from a different perspective than when I was growing up. I was, I grew up a small church. Dad was a pastor. Great, great pastor but we're just different type of people, different type of thinkers. And so when I got out of college, he introduced me to an organization that I work for now, Church Multiplication Network, and he allowed me to see certain things that kind of ignited a passion in me to follow after that, like I never followed before. So I would encourage young adults, whatever you like, you th- whenever you think that I, I lack purpose or I don't think that God can call me to do that or I don't even know what that would look like, all it is is starting with what's exactly right in front of you. Who have other people said that I am? Not like mm-hmm. negative or people speaking bad about you, but what are the things that people have called out in me that I, I know that I have a natural gift set and ability for? And how can I use those to make an impact in the world around me today? And as you begin to do that day after day after day, ultimately you're going to look back a year from now, two years from now, ten years from now, and recognize that a simple small step of obedience to what God has put directly in front of me that I said yes to has ultimately turned into a lifetime of faithfulness of serving God of impacting people and of uh, of doing the thing that he's called me to do you might not recognize it as a calling you might rec- not recognize it as a mission you might not have a nice clean mission statement written out on paper and that you look at every day and whatever and on your fridge right. like you might not have all of that but what you have is simple, small steps of obedience, and over time, those make an impact that you will never, ever be able to probably measure or see this side of eternity. So whatever is right in front of you right now, do it. That's probably what I would leave everybody with. That's Whatever great. is right in front of you, do it. Do it the best of your ability. Do it well, and do it ultimately to serve God. Yeah. I love that. Well, there you have it, everybody. The Jordan Deese. I mean, you shared some really good stuff. So I hope if you're listening, you're at least taking some notes or uh, you took away a few things that are helpful. Jordan, I know we are better because of your investment in this ministry and in uh, the lives of young adults. So thank thanks, you for Bryce. being on here yep, and sharing. Thanks for having me. Dude. Right. It was a blast. It was awesome, man. Okay. Awesome. We'll catch you guys next time. Thanks. See ya.